Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. It's Tuesday, February 19th, and you're listening to The Mind Whisperer on Blog Talk Radio. We're coming to you live from the west coast of North America here in Vancouver, British Columbia. It's a beautiful, sunny morning. If you're listening into the recorded version of the program, welcome, and I hope it's uh, pleasant wherever you are. And we're going to get right into today's show. Which is titled, uh, Your Mind is a Projector, Life is the Screen. How's the movie? And there's a lot of material we're going to cover today and going to try and do it in a very condensed and uh, hopefully very accessible, understandable way. Um, I'm very excited about the, the topic today. And we're going to sort of, as always, sort of fold in what we've been covering recently in the program. So as a sort of a starting point for today's program... As always, I'm sort of spontaneously um, find myself, you know, intrigued by something just before the show, and uh, I just sort of wait for the right moment to arise and the right insight to sort of hit, and then whammo, out comes the sort of focus and the, the cornerstone of, of the program. So um, somebody posted something on Facebook this morning about um, astronauts in space and the effect that looking at the planet has on returning astronauts who have been able to see the world from an outside perspective, from from the view of an intact system, and um, how that's profoundly different than seeing life here on Earth, you know, in sort of the flat perspective, if you will, um, and looking out to space as this infinite sea, so as it were, we're, we're, the, we're the boat in the ocean, and instead looking out from... Uh, from the perspective of the ocean of how tiny this little vessel is that we're on, and then we're actually a boat in a giant ocean, and um, how fragile the ecosystem is of of the planet, and you can actually see the thin layer of the atmosphere. They call this the overview effect, and it really does give you more of a global perspective and um, a sense of how interdependent we all are and how we really need to start looking at the Earth as an intact system that is um, affects us as a singular um, species, as humans anyway, and then it's incumbent upon us to make decisions that affect the whole because this is a, a fragile and finite um, you know, resource that we're, um, that's getting us safely around the sun. So that's a, sort of an interesting way of looking at it you know, from a systems uh, theory point of view of uh, life on, on the planet and getting a, a different perspective on it. So this brings us to um, 
understanding of how we approach our life and what our consciousness and what our perspective on life is. And I was doing some reading about quantum physics. Now, quantum physics is looking at the very, very, very small particles, electrons, photons, etc. And our understanding of how the universe works based on the movement of these small particles and our, our ability to observe them when it tells us about the fundamental makeup of reality. And without getting too technical today, there's two, there's two very, very important streams of thought historically in quantum physics that I want to bring up. The, the real foundational one is um, from physicist Niels Bohr's. Niels Bohr, sorry, Niels Bohr, and Bohr said that um, it, basically we're only able to observe probability or calculate probability of uh, particle movement. And that is because we cannot, with 100% certainty, certainty, calculate the probability of two factors. One is the um, position of a particle or at any given moment, and then what its velocity or what its momentum will be. Those two things are not measurable at the same time. Once you look at one aspect of it, the other aspect is hard to calculate. And so um, this gave rise to a thought experiment from another physicist named Schrodinger. And Schrodinger had a, f a famous uh, thought experiment called Schrodinger's cat. And what he said is that he's basically making, illustrating the point and showing an experiment, theoretical experiment, to illustrate the point that um, what Bohr's was saying about in the Copenhagen interpretation is that all possibilities exist at the same time. And this is in quantum physics what's known as superposition. So it's only when we observe and make a calculation that all those other probabilities of what a particle is about to do is so-called collapse. And so that, that reality takes shape. And um, so Schrodinger proposed this thought experiment where he said, okay, if we imagine we take a cat in a sealed box, in a you know, closed system. It's kind of a horrible uh, experiment, if you will, but it's just a metaphor. And that within that box is also a, uh, a small amount of a radioactive substance. And uh, so that radioactive substance is going to decay, and we and he set it up so that it would, it would occur within an hour. So within an hour, that substance would either has a probability to de decay or not, 50% chance either way. And there's also a Geiger counter in there. So if the radioactive uh, material starts to decay and give off radiation, then the Geiger counter will pick it up, and the Geiger counter will, would trigger um, uh, the release of a hammer and the hammer would break a flask which had, which had cyanide in it and kill the cat. So in other words, there's a 50% chance that the cat would either end up dead because of the radiation triggering the hammer or alive because it didn't happen. Either is 50% probable within an hour. So the paradox is that because either is 50% probable and the box is sealed, there's no way to know. And there's only when you open the box are you going to find out whether whether the cat has lived or the cat has died within that hour. So in other words, the probability exists that both have to be true at the same time. Either is possible. Now, 
in the 1950s, a, a physicist uh, by the name of Hugh Everett proposed a very interesting uh, idea, which was that what if all of uh, our experience and our reality, just like I was explaining looking down on the Earth from, this, from a spaceship and seeing Earth as its own system, what if Schrodinger's notion about the cat in the box applies to us as well? So in other words, it's not like all these probabilities exist at the same time, and when you observe something or make a choice, then one outcome happens, and that's just reality. We look at that as like you make a choice and then reality happens. And ever proposed that um, the universe itself is an isolated system, is a closed system, so that um, when something occurs, when we make a change or we open the box or whatever it is that we do, make a, a choice in our life, that yes, one one probability has been um, created or 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 uh, you know um, allowed, but that doesn't mean all the other probabilities also don't exist at the same time because we have no way of knowing. And so he came up with this fascinating thought experiment called quantum suicide. And so in this in this thought experiment, you have a man who's got a gun and he's got a gun to his head, and uh, if he pulls the trigger, then the possibility of anything else occurring, of him living, are gone because he's pulled the trigger. But just like with the cat, who's there to observe it? Who's there to if we're in a, if we're in an isolated system? Then the probability also occurs that the gun doesn't go off. And so whatever it proposed, and this is all mathematically supported, is that both not only do both possibilities exist, but both outcomes actually exist at the same time. And in fact, the outcome where he doesn't shoot himself keeps replicating as long as he doesn't shoot himself. And so this became um, what was came to be called the, the, the many worlds interpretation, or, the, or what's now known in modern uh, quantum physics as the multiverse. So in the multiverse, there's actually copies of each reality, like branches of a tree that exist out there in the world. And so I thought about this this morning, and I looked at it this way. If you were standing in a room full of mirrors, and you had a, uh, or so let's say our, the, the suicide experiment, and the man with a revolver standing in a room of mirrors, okay? So in the mirror, you see a reflection of a reflection of a reflection. And so in that one moment, the gun is to his head. You don't know whether he's shot or not shot. So all the possibilities are existing as a reflection in that moment of just him standing with a gun to his head, reflecting one of itself and copying itself, copying itself, and copying itself. So therefore, all of these possibilities of ourselves exist out there in, ad infinitum. And yes, if he did shoot himself, then that would also be copied in the mirror, and that would be the one thing that would be reflected in the mirror. But we don't know that the other possibility uh, hasn't happened, just like with the cat, because theoretically it's all, um, it's all, it all exists at the same time. And so all of that said, going into all this detail about quantum physics, we bring it back to our lives and the choices we make in our lives. And the original interpretation from the, from the Copenhagen School, if you will, of physics, says that when we observe something, we shift the reality. That's quantum superposition of all the of what of all the um, particles existing in possible positions collapses, so to speak, 
and uh, one reality occurs. And so that, philosophically speaking, makes it seem like consciousness changes reality in the sense that you think of something or you observe something or make a choice and then everything kind of goes in that one direction. And this multiverse or this many worlds interpretation says that, well, just because you go in one direction doesn't mean the other directions don't also exist at the same time. And whatever it proposed is, is that the, those copies of the other realities that also exist, these multi-universes these, these multi -universes that are parallel to each other, they exist, we just can't be on that path at the same time as we're on one path. So this is fascinating because it relates to um, the idea of choice. And so come back to the practical reality of living our lives and we find ourselves in our circumstances of our life. Let's say, for example, you're married and you're in a long-term relationship and you're living one reality. Well, that doesn't mean that another possibility doesn't exist at the same time that you have another choice that you might have made. But you're not capable of seeing that because you're on the path that you're on. And it doesn't mean that the path you're on has limited you to all possibilities in life. It's just the possibility you're able to see and experience and call you know, the, the reality of the choices that you've made. So let's bring that back to the last uh, program uh, where we were talking about Esther Perel's uh, TED Talk. And Esther Perel is the uh, therapist and speaker uh, from New York City who um, wrote a great book called Mating in Captivity. And her talk was about, on Valentine's Day, about um, the, the, the tension, inherent tension between love and passion. And so love represents the security of relationship and marriage and passion is sort of the the desire we all have for you know adventure and excitement and transcendence in our lives and and so very simply put what she was saying is that because of our conventional approach or because of the way that we've come to be socialized by relationships we tend to um, orient ourselves more for the security of the relationship at the cost of the passion of the relationship, because we see them as being in opposition one to another, and to one another. And so, what we make uh, secure for ourselves in marriage and long-term relationship uh, ends up killing the passion of the relationship. And I think there's something very fascinating going on there when we bring it back to this this question of the quantum physics. And what is what if that passion that we feel that's at odds with you know, the the convention of a long-term relationship and security and becoming very, you know, getting into a comfort zone with our partner. What if that passion, which was there in us before we got into that relationship and suddenly we feel stifled by that relationship or we feel we've outgrown it, what if that passion is that inherent sense that other possibilities also exist for us? Because we can't know. We don't know that they don't exist for us. And so it eats our brain. Because we're in this relationship and we say, yes, I love my husband, I love my wife, and I have a great life with them, but I don't know that there's not something else out there that's possible for me, or again, going back to the two different physics models, interpretations, that doesn't already exist. So let's come back to examining our life and look at the choices that we make and say, well, what, what is the reality I've created for myself? And we're going to have to split this program into a second part. I can see already for um, for Thursday this week. But the idea being that if you actually truly account for what's shown up in your life, and you say, okay, so this is the this is the outcome of choices that I've made. 
and here are the circumstances of my life and you know whether I'm single or in relationship or whatever it might be, whether I'm financially stable or successful or not, which are, whether I've accomplished some of the goals that I set out at the beginning of my life or I, or I have set out for myself as an adult, how do all these things add up? Who are the people uh, in my life? How much love do I experience? Am I feeling spiritually fulfilled with my limited time here on earth, etc., etc.? And I guess the second part of the program will explore the inner workings of our mind and how and what kind of patterns that we've we've developed uh, in our thinking and in our relationship to ourselves and how they show up in what's manifest in in our world. But simply put, um, whatever we believe to be true, including our concept of reality and you know looking at these quantum mechanics models. Um, will will present itself to us in our in our outside world so th- so that our external circumstances and and what we've set up in the in the play of our lives is really just the manifestation of what we hold to be true and possible for ourselves and there are other possibilities that exist just as real that we may not believe to be possible or true at the same time. And I think that this sets up a great tension within ourselves and each one of us has to uh, come to terms with that inherent drive towards development and self-realization and particularly when it comes to relationships because we get with another person and all of a sudden the instinct to preserve that security of that relationship um, can take precedence for obvious reasons, and especially if you have children and you become an economic unit and you're in love with the person. But after time, that instinct to evolve and to ex- have a, a, to fulfill the capacity for other possibilities for ourselves uh, doesn't go away. And that can really eat at the relationship and it can really uh, drive us internally to uh, transcend ourselves, to experience more passion in life. And in a relationship where that goes wrong is, of course, people think that it means that the relationship is uh, itself uh, toxic and so we or or flat, and then we seek excitement outside of the marriage. And we can look at that in terms of uh, extramarital affairs or you know gambling or you know going off the rails in any number number of ways. But I my theory is that it actually relates more to what I'm talking about here. And so the second half of the program this week. Um, we'll look at the the actual nuts and bolts of how um, not only how our, our our subconscious patterns have created the life that we have, but how can we positively tap into that and create the life that we couldn't possibly believe would be true for us. And this is actually just all skill and science. If you are able to really connect in a very real and visceral way to that alternate reality that you might otherwise be living, you can kind of reverse engineer backwards from that. In other words, you can step into the reality where you were fabulously successful or famous or, um, you know, uh, created some kind of life-changing discovery or um, explored the world or became an artist or whatever it was, and you can backtrack to now from that future state and from that future uh, reality and kind of reverse engineer and find out how you got there. And this is just simple, um, you know, sort of a a coaching 
techniques um, on how to build that future version for yourself. And I'm not by any stretch suggesting that you throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak, and that um, your reality now has to just go out the window. You can just make subtle changes to your world. But often we find ourselves stuck in life and saying, why? Why am I here? Why am I in this toxic relationship again? Why am I with this person who represents my past or my own wounds? Why uh, am I not experiencing more success in my career or in my business? And so these are all the things that we'll be looking at on Thursday uh, that evolve out of this understanding of um, uh, creating our reality and uh, opening up our sense of what's possible for ourselves and really stepping into that, taking control and, and, and manifesting and, and attracting towards us the things that we truly want. But it first requires the ability to be in touch with that and to make that real to ourselves and valuable to ourselves. And that's the first step, is that the more that we embody that, the more we'll draw it towards ourselves and the more that we will move towards it. So I hope you've enjoyed today's program. Uh, lots of stuff packed in there. Um, I've tried to make it as accessible as possible. There's a lot of complex theory going on there, but it really does come down to just some fundamental aspects of uh, the phenomena of the world and how we experience it and how to engage it in a more mindful way. Um, thanks for listening today, and have a great week, and we'll see you next time on The Mind Whisper. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.